human design is called the science of differentiation because it basically allows us to be incredibly unique and different from one another and in doing so connect us deeper to each other. Welcome back to Let It Out. I'm your host, Katie Dobow. If you're new here, maybe you're here for human design or our really cool guest, welcome. I hope you stay and check out the archive and see what else I do here with Let It Out. Today's guest is a friend of mine, a real gem of a person, Erin Claire Jones. She's a human design reader and just a thoughtful, creative person who I have become friends with and just really like. If you're new to human design, go back and listen. I have several episodes on human design that I'll link in the show notes, but Erin has actually done the podcast before. About a year ago, we recorded a live episode at The Assemblage, and that episode gets into her story, how she got into human design, and what human design even is. It's a system similar to astrology or Myers-Briggs or something like that that helps people understand themselves and have language to talk about their tendencies and lean into what works for them and what doesn't, talk about it with other people. It's a system for me that I found makes me feel very understood and I just think is fun. I ended up doing human design with my family over Christmas, which was a riot. And I love this conversation that I had with Erin because we were able to go deeper, getting past what human design even is. And we were able to talk about how over the last year, I've really implemented it in my life. She gave me this blueprint document that's like almost 40 pages. They're called blueprints. She makes them. She even has a discount code for you guys, which is let it out if you want one, which you might after this episode. But it has helped me so much. There are journaling prompts in that that I've just, I use all the time and I love this conversation. Here's a big disclaimer about this conversation though. I have to tell you guys, quality of audio with Let It Out is so important to me. I'm here in Bali right now traveling. So I'm recording this on my phone mic, not my usual microphone. So even the quality of these intros this week and last week haven't been what I want. And so I really appreciate you bearing with me and sticking with me. And that's not the worst news. The even worse news is that I recorded this conversation with Aaron live in New York City at this really cool place called The Well. And it's beautiful in there, but the sound quality for some reason was not so good. And so I went back and forth in my mind and I spoke to Aaron and I spoke to our producer. Should I put this out? I think I should not put it out. But I really loved this conversation and Aaron and I had such a blast and the people who were there had such a great time. So I thought maybe it could just be something that was live and that was it. But I wanted to put this conversation out. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you can maybe just use it as a meditative practice to be really present and listen to it in your headphones. We tried to make the audio as best as we possibly could, salvaging it, but it is what it is. Sometimes these things happen, so I really appreciate you bearing with me and listening to this episode. I will talk to you guys at the end. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by a company I love called Cured Nutrition. 
CBD is most commonly incorporated into wellness regimens to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, reduce the body's stress load. I love using Cure Nutrition, especially their snacks. I've never found another CBD company that has snacks that taste delicious and their CBD quality is so great. They have these mushroom plus CBD blends, full spectrum tinctures and treats, like I said, that work with your body's natural system to produce clear benefits without the worry of the psychoactive component. Plus, how many other companies can say that their products are locally sourced and crafted in-house? I genuinely love this company so much. I got to meet the founders when I was in Colorado and I just genuinely think that having nice people involved in making products really does help. Each Cure Nutrition product is third-party tested for potency, purity, and the absence of any harmful contaminants like pesticides or you know, heavy metals, anything like that. They have complete transparency and they even publish every detail on their website. Again, I love this company. I love using CBD. I have anxiety and a plethora of, of mental health things and I love taking CBD. I have been using it for years and this is such a great company. With Cured, I found my daily dose of stress relief and I'm so grateful for them and I would love for you guys to try them out if you want to get 15% off your order, any order that's 15% off, use the code let it out at checkout. Again, they have so many different products, gel caps, full spectrum raw, that they have a mint flavor, they have a classic oil, they have the bedtime blend, they have a tropic blend with mushrooms. That one really helps with focus, which I really like. They even have dog treats and I genuinely love this company. Check them out, 15% off your order with the code Let It Out. Do you ever get sick of talking about human design? And I, I mean, I, I just genuinely am curious because I know you love it, but are you itching to talk about it in different ways? How do you keep it interesting for yourself mm -hmm. as a projector who like likes to go down a wormhole? Yeah. Short answer is I don't get sick of talking about it. Um, there's an aspect of our human design called our incarnation cross, which is basically around like our larger purpose in life. And it was so funny. I reminded all about saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> so every time I read it, I'm like, I think I'm on track. Um, but I honestly don't because it keeps evolving, you know? And I think that there are a lot of people out there that are like, you know, the surface stuff is boring. I want to like get into the depth, but like, honestly, the surface stuff is so fun because it's actually often the most impactful. And so I think that like, I am always learning. Like I love doing sessions, not only because I love sharing human design, but like when I hear how people are integrating into their own lives and experiencing it, then like, it just transforms my understanding of it. So it feels like it keeps deepening and it's so educational. So I'm not bored yet, mm -hmm. you know? And like, even just example, like I learned so much about what it means to be a self-projected projector from you of like, you know, creating these journals, writing about journaling, just like the way that you worked with that aspect of your design. So I feel like it's just like, it's so nuanced that I feel like I just keep getting deeper. Yeah, I love that. And I was pretty familiar with human design. I'd already had a, a couple of human design readers. I'd had like two sessions with human design before I came to, did you know that? I think so. The one the yeah, yeah. that I didn't really resonate with in like yeah. 2014. Wow. And then I was like, no, nah, this is weird. I'm, I'm over it. And then I yeah. met you and it totally shifted things. And so I was like relatively familiar. And then you did this blueprint with me and I didn't record that session. And I really wish I would have 
Yeah. But it's really taken me, and this is, maybe you can tell me if this is something, I'm kind of a stepping stone person. It takes me a while to really get into something. It's kind of like a slow burn. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think that, like, I also think, especially with human design, there's so much information that it's so layered. I feel like I'm like, never like try to understand it all at once. That's why I love the blueprint. It's like, keep reading it. Like something different is going to pop out to you like every single time. So yes, I hear that. I think it's true for you. And I think it's also true for so many of us. Yeah. Yeah. And just in our overwhelmed, so much information coming at us world that we live in right now. I think that that is just typical across the board to everyone but it's a 36 page document that is yours is 36 pages okay (laughs) not all of them they're all like 30 to 40 (laughs) okay mine is 36 pages (laughs) and it is it's weird you I was like wait she knew me when she wrote this (laughs) but you didn't and that's fascinating to me that was our first meeting Mm -hmm. and it feels so correct and I've I've tapped I've of course read it when you sent it to me and like tapped in and out of it but Recently, I really went through it and it is so useful because you talk about, I really want to actually get into it, but you talk about things to note and then you give tools. And Mm -hmm. so I want to give an example of that. It feels so specific to me and knowing that information, I feel like I can communicate better with others. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the beauty of of every type of system that like puts like a Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or all of these different systems. Um, I think that's a real beauty of it is to use totally. it as a tool to communicate yourself. And it also just gives us a language, I think, to understand our energetics and ourselves yeah. in a way that we haven't really had access to before. Yeah. And when you think about relationships, like when you all of a sudden like have a language for like exactly what's going on, where you're getting taken off track, like things are resolved so much quicker. Yeah. So I think that it does like empower us to just move through our things a little bit more yes. gracefully. Okay, I'm going to put pennies in the air and jukebox, and I've picked out some things on my blueprint that I thought were really interesting, and I want you to talk about, but one question before we get started, I brought up strengths finders, Myers-Briggs, yes. and Enneagram, and I think I'm seeing that with Enneagram that a lot of more people are talking about that now than yeah. ever before as well. I also remember taking that for the first time in like 2014 too, and nobody knew what it was. Totally. And that is kind of having a moment too, and then even since... We met, you know, two summers ago or whenever that was. Human design is a totally different animal and astrology is rising too. Why do you think that is from your experience? I honestly don't know. I mean, I think that there's just like, I do feel like people are more open and curious than ever before. So I think that there's just like a greater awareness. I mean, I've told you this, but like when I first started sharing human design in 2015, it was just like, no one heard me and like no one actually really cared. And I was just like, I don't know, like it's supposed to be a really powerful system, but like when are people going to be ready to hear it? And it wasn't until 2018. And so like, to me, it just feels like things are growing in a very fast way. Companies, everyone, like they're just like more open and more aware and more conscious in a way that I just don't think has happened before. So I think that like all the systems are experiencing that in a big way. Well, I'm here for it. (laughs) I love it. One thing that you wrote down on my blueprint you say this you are a natural leader you excel at organizing and leading individuals groups systems when recognized and invited being in an environment where you are not appreciated or recognized for your talents can develop bitterness in you that is like reading me like a goddamn book (laughs) yeah and this is true for all projectors just so it is yeah it feels very very correct 
So I think the idea with projectors in general is that they like really are here to be invited in and recognized. So like recognition is everything for them. So if they're in a job or in a romantic relationship or with their family or in any environment that they don't feel recognized, it's going to be very challenging. Mm -hmm. So I guess in a case like that, I wouldn't force it. I feel like historically I might be like, okay, I'm going to try to be part of this and like share and like prove that I have something to say. And I feel like now I'm just like, I'm just going to witness. And especially like you and your design, like your design's all about witnessing specifically and just kind of like watching things and being invited in to share. So like, I would just like sit there and pay attention and be part of it without feeling the need to like make yourself heard or seen and just like trusting that your energy is speaking for itself. And like when people are ready to like hear your perspective, I'll invite you in. The first thing in my mind is to feel like I'm not included. In right. It could be, and, and that's something you say later in my blueprint too, of large groups, not optimal you may feel not as comfortable in a large group setting unless you are the leader and have the ability to work outside of the group and so that really hit me like if I'm bringing it together if I'm hosting the podcast if then in the large group totally I can kind of be on the out I used to host these parties when I lived in Michigan and I would bring huge groups of people together I wouldn't even really have to be there because I knew I was invited because I was the one that made it. Totally. And like, and again, when that recognition and appreciation is already there, like you're good. And I think the one-on-one piece is that like every different energy type will have kind of a different, just like energy signature. And so for projectors, we have a very penetrating energy where we basically, basically like penetrate into people and like kind of make them feel incredibly seen and recognized. But sometimes it can be a little bit too much for people, which is why we need to be invited in. But often that operates best one-on-one because you can't really penetrate into like multiple people at once. And I think in terms of even like social gatherings, like in terms of leading from outside the group, like I always find myself just being like a little bit outside and like separate from the group and kind of like witnessing it. And so there is something for you about like leading, but not necessarily being in the hustle of it all all the time. Yes, it's fascinating. We have a cool opportunity right now to be able to talk about some different aspects of the chart that aren't just the energy types. So you mentioned the incarnation cross. Can you talk about that? And I want to, now I want to know mine is. I know. I don't even know yours. I don't have it. It's not actually on the blueprint. Oh. So the incarnation cross, there are 192 of them. Oh my God. And so it's like one of the things that is like. Let's go through all of them. Yeah. Every single one. Um. I think that like, it's actually not a piece that I immediately share about with people because it's like super personal. Like I often like send them some reading on it so they can just, and I can do that for you, but like where they can just reflect and be like, okay, is this in alignment with who I am? Because it's talking about their like bigger purpose, but there's an aspect of your design called your profile. Like you are four, six. And so your profile is basically how you're designed to get there. And so I find the profile like a much more actionable way to actually just like find your way there naturally. What does the four, six mean? The four, six, there are two pieces to it. So there are always going to be two weird fraction looking numbers for profiles. So the four speaks to the fact that like you're designed to build your community and your business through your network and sorry, and sorry, build your life through your community and your network. So for you, it's about like working with people that, you know, like having very like personal connections with people. Like you're not really designed to like reach out to strangers, but more like everything comes through like referrals, connections, people that, you know, and so like the best thing you can do to kind of build your business and your life is to just like cultivate your network and your community. We call these people in traditional human design opportunists, which is such a weird name, but the idea is that like your people are like, all your opportunities. So just like cultivating those as much as possible and trusting opportunities will come from that. This makes so much yeah. sense. It's interesting. I was having, like I had a, a couple months ago, a work opportunity fell through and it actually ended up being a blessing, but at the time felt kind of cutting. And I was walking around New York city feeling kind of sad. And I was like, the one thing that I have that no one can take away from me is my network. Like not even my network, but like people, mm-hmm. friends. And like, I've had to lean on that more this year 
than ever before because I've been working for myself for the first full year. I had a big relationship end and everything became more connected and it just like really, really clicked into place. And that feels so correct more than anything you've ever told me. Yeah. And I remember also you talking about, like, I feel like you shared online about like podcasting is about building your yeah. network. Like, I always that's the language think you podcasting use. is the new networking. Yeah, exactly. And so for you, it is all about networking, you know, and like, not in like, I'm going to go meet a lot of strangers, but more like, I'm just going to cultivate relationships I like love and have. And the other piece, so the sixth aspect of your profile is around the fact that like, you definitely carry like the role model teacher archetype where there's like a natural authority to you and people often like will trust you and like come to you for advice. I have this in my design too, but often these people live their life in three phases where like, I told you this, right? Where the first 30 years is like a lot of trial and error and bumping into things and making mistakes. It's like not a time to make huge commitments. Like the first human design business I started, like my co-founder was like, you've got to stick in your profile. This is a terrible idea. And I was like, no, I'm all in. Like, let's go, you know? And then a year and a half later, I was like, I'm going to go now. And it's just like, oh no, I knew it. But like, it was just correct for me at that point. So it's not a time to make huge commitments. Um, 30 to 50 is the time of kind of like stepping back and just witnessing, observing all the things that you learn, like processing all the things you've learned is a little bit more like just like 10 feet away. And the idea is that 50 is when you're really designed to kind of fully embody what it means to be a role model by just embodying all the wisdom that you've learned. So I like, the thing is the role model piece is always there for you, but like there's something to look forward to and knowing that like later in life, you're just like living it in a way that is like, you're not an authority by telling people what to do. You're just like embodying all of it. What is yours? I'm a six too. Okay. So I have the six piece like you. And then the two pieces all around being like a hermit and being a little bit reclusive, which I definitely am, but it's also all about being a natural at what you do. So like for me, I'm not really designed to do the things that come hard or the things that come feel unnatural, but just like do the things that feel really natural and like trust that I'll be called out to share those things. And I feel like historically I've been a little bit felt a little guilty about that in the past. Cause like when I worked with the assemblage, like when I was hired, it was like, not like I ever applied or submitted a resume they were just like we just like want your energy here and I was like what like that doesn't feel like you should, I should have a job because of that but like I just feel like every opportunity is just like we just want you and we'll figure out later what you do and so just kind of like leaning into that and yeah. see that there's worth in that and like not making myself wrong for it that feels so correct that's how I felt about meeting you I was kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Human design. I don't even like that, but I love you. <laughs> Which like now I'm actually very into human design as well. And I still really like you, but uh, <laughs> your, your publicist who we love, Carla connected us and I was like, whatever. Sure. I liked her. So yeah. I was like, cause I'm so people oriented. Exactly. That's the network connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And I think too, for me, a tool of that is just being really, really present in every interaction that I have because yeah not because I never know what could come of it, but because listening and being, that feels so correct for me. Mm-hmm. Listening, being present, having a conversation. I'm so out of alignment when yeah. I'm stressed, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm running around, when I'm doing a lot of things at once. Mm-hmm. And I, that's like good for anyone, I'm sure, but it's it really takes me. Yeah. yeah. One of the biggest shadows or conditioning for projectors is just like being super overzealous and like overpacking our calendar and becoming like super generators. I'm sure you know this. I, know. <laughs> I definitely experienced this, you know. And also, like, projector, Emily? Yeah. yeah. We're talking to the director of programming at the well where we're hosting this, and she's yes. also a projector who we've done a session before. She's amazing. But yes, one of our biggest shadows is just like honestly like being coming super generators, like just trying to do everything in the world, and we just often don't have the capacity to. Yeah. And like, often like with generators and manifesting generators, like they're designed to kind of wake up with like with a tank of energy, use it all up and crash. But like 
it's a finite amount of energy for projectors. Like we don't know when it stops. So we just keep going and going and going. So, so someone submitted this question. I'll, I'll go to there, but before I go back to um, scratching my own back with the, uh, <laughs> my own blueprint, but she asked, my relationship with my mom is very complicated. Knowing her type could be useful for me. How do you suggest using information about someone else's without them type? Yeah. Without, without them or even, perhaps with them, but I'm thinking this is probably more without them. And I relate to this question a lot. Totally. You know, obviously like with partnership stuff, it's always great to have both partners there, but like I, you know, for instance, my mom is a manifester, my sister's a manifester, my dad's a projector and like understanding their designs, even though like they're interested for sure, but they're not like deep in like has actually just changed the way that I interact with them and has given me like so much more empathy and compassion and understanding for them. And so like, I think that like, it's really healthy to learn about their type and like, they might not be living in alignment with it, but it's still going to give you so much insight. For instance, like understand my sister was a manifester and like needed to be like the first one to do things needed to initiate like that. Her being off track was this feeling of anger, which I'd really experienced before. Just like understanding all these pieces, I just started communicating with her differently because of it. So like, it's hard to generalize because I don't know the type, but I would say like, look it up, like look at how they're designed to be communicated to. Like, for example, generators and manifesting generators operate best when they're asked very specific questions. Like for manifestors, it's less about asking you specific penetrating questions and more just like letting you know, you know, open-ended questions that are open-ended statements that allow you to respond. For us, it's really good to be like, ask us open-ended questions that allow us to like talk and explore. And so like, there's just little pieces that you can pay attention to, to kind of really support them without necessarily like being explicit about it and kind of being their design. Like, and my dad's a projector. So like, I used to make him wrong when like at 4 PM, he'd be like, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to like retire from all the activities. And I'm like, yes, go be a projector. I love it. You know? And so I think that there can be a few pieces that can help. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think we spoke about in the last podcast about talking about human design to people who are really logical or maybe not into it. And so there's a really rich conversation in that episode about that, which I'll, which I'll link to. Um, so I think it's interesting to kind of hear the other end of like when, how you can use it just on your own without even sharing it, you know, with just keeping that in the back of your mind. I think it's really interesting. Totally. Um, one other thing I'll say yeah. is that like, I know my partner's design so well at this point. And like, I've shared so much of it with him. I've done like sessions for him. It's like, I feel like without explicitly saying it, like there's so many things that I observe in him where I'm just like, oh, this is what's happening. I see it in here, you know? And like, it's just so helpful in helping me like really get a full picture of yeah. him. But like, I'm not saying it all the time. It's yeah. more just like, okay, great. It's just like a filter that we can use. That makes so much sense. I co-host this other project, another podcast about anxiety. And my co-host, Serena, has been in therapy and talked about her anxiety with an anxiety specialist for over a decade and is very good at articulating it. And we did an episode on communicating about anxiety in relationships. And she was like, I want to be clear. I'm not like talking to my husband in anxiety terms. Like at 4 p.m. I felt a little anxious and then this and then this. And then. She's like, it's just a, like a baseline thing that like I can keep in my mind if I need it. And he's heard about it before. And so it's yeah. like, that's the other thing is like kind of being, being it and using it. And sometimes you don't even need to speak about it. Totally. And like, I've had questions from people that are like, you know, like I'm a projector and all my friends are manifesting generators and they don't like understand that my projector is, what do I do? Yeah. And I was like, you've got to just honor yourself. Like at some point, like hopefully they will recognize and see it in you, but like, we've got to just live it ourselves. And like, you might work within a team and not everyone knows their human design. So like, it's really about just embodying it and often people will catch up with you when you do. Be the light, moth to a flame. You're very, very good at that. Um, 
Okay, another thing you wrote down that really hit me hard this time through, you are able to guide others knowing how to ask the right questions. This is a finesse. You are wise to nurture. Even the language that you do in these blueprints is just really beautiful. Your success depends on having energetically healthy people around you who acknowledge you for your unique skills and gifts and offer their energy resource to work with and guide. So my question for that, and I, you talk about this in the tools and I was hoping you could talk about it now is that that makes so much sense for me. I'm very, and I never saw myself as sensitive or highly intuitive or empathetic to people. And honestly, when I read this the first time and when you went through it with me, I, I was like, that was the one I was like, not, not sure about that. In the last nine months, 100% 100% correct. Mm. I am so, I can feel the emotions of others. Yeah. Is that my, something open? <laughs> yes, that's your emotional center, which is totally open. Okay, well, yeah, what, is, what does that mean? And my question for you, what do I do when I'm around emotionally unhealthy people or around how do I function? Mm-hmm. There are two separate pieces that are open that okay. that is referring to. So one is that you're like highly empathic, which is like, when your emotional center is white or open in human design, it means that you are taking in and amplifying other people's emotions. So you're not only feeling what they're feeling, you're actually experiencing their stuff in an amplified way and often more intensely than they do. Like an example of that would be my, my partner has that. Do you have that too? Yeah, I think I you are. Like you're, like the same yeah. I think you're splenic. I think she's self-projected, <laughs> but you guys have both have so much openness as projectors. Yeah. But I think that like I'm emotionally defined. So I'm like projecting my emotions out into the world. But my partner's super sensitive. So he often knows what I'm feeling far before I do. Yeah, and so I think that like, and so I think your work is really about like one, as much as you can choosing to be around emotionally healthy people. But also if you're feeling all this like emotion and nervousness and touchiness that is not yours, sometimes just physically removing yourself is like the best thing that you can do. I've just been like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like I'm going to separate myself from your energy. Yes. And I come back once I've reconnected my own neutrality. Because the wisdom of this one is being able to mirror back to other people what they're feeling without taking it on as your own. Yes. You know? And then the other open centers, your open sacral centers, what we call it, which is like the energy center, which is true for all projectors and manifestors and reflectors. And basically means you're just like super sensitive to energy in general. And like, it means that when you're around people that are super lit up by what they're doing and like generators, for example, like you're going to get super buzzy and super excited and like go through the roof. But like, if it's unhealthy energy, people are frustrated, burnt out. You're going to take that into. So again, just like really knowing how sensitive you are choosing to be in environments and around people that just like feel really good and juicy and fun to be around. Exactly. This person happened to also be a projector. You and I are both projectors when it's two projectors hanging out or two people of the same energy type, it might be different for all of them. Is there anything to note with that? So it's going to like, even though you might be the same energy type, you might have totally different centers. Like because you're self-projected, I'm emotional. Like when I'm going through an emotional thing, you're going to probably take that on and amplify it. So, so it depends on the authorities and the areas in which you're really kind of conditioning each other. Also, like without getting too complicated, like when you look at partnerships, you basically layer one chart on top of another and it becomes a whole different thing. So like, you know, if like you and I come together, we might be like an emotional manifesting generator. You know what I mean? So there's just like, there's also something to look at in terms of like what actually is created when the two of you come together. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I want to go back to, I'm jumping around, but I feel like this is working. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to confidently say that. Um, I hope, please tell me if it's not. A question that somebody asked was about splenic authority. Okay. And we talked about it at length, what mine is and being self-projected and why you always use me as an example. So maybe you could briefly touch on that and then 
talk about Sweenik yeah. because her question with, and this is how we make decisions for yes. authority, which I think is probably one of, one of, or I definitely last time I said the most useful thing I'd gotten from 100%. this. And now I'm finding so many more equally as useful things. But knowing this for me has been so incredibly useful. And this person asked a very long question about being a Sweenik authority okay. and deciding to whether or not to stay or leave in the relationship and mm. deciding can't can't feel if it's correct or not got it okay so in terms of self-projected that's what i am that's what you are so this is only possible for projectors and basically these people are designed to like talk things out which mm-hmm. is like the best venue for your i mean the podcast is so it basically is all like and journaling it's fun and journal i mean you're doing it all right but it's basically people that are really here to verbally process mm-hmm. and just like surround themselves by people that they trust or audiences that they trust and just allow themselves to speak. And by just speaking, their truth will come out. It's good to be around people that are not trying to give you advice or answers, but are kind of pulling it out of you. I find that these people really love journaling or start journals or do all the things or like voice recording um, and things just like pop out of their mouth and their tone of the voice, the tone of the voice will change. And like often therapists, coaches, they're really just kind of creating that area and opportunity for themselves. Is that pretty rare, this type? It is definitely one of the more rare. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember the exact percentage right now, but it's, it's pretty small. Yeah. Made me feel special. <laughs> Very <laughs> special. <laughs> Good. Splenic is basically around your intuition. So for the people that are splenic, which is possible for manifestors and projectors, it means that you're designed to kind of have this like intuitive knowing in the moment. It's different than the gut response. The gut response is super visceral. The intuition is like spontaneous. It's like a whisper that you hear just like tingles that you feel just like resonance with something or not. And like, it will just come in an instant and then disappear. So the work is basically to get quiet enough to hear your intuition and then just be like courageous enough to act once you hear it. The thing about the intuition is like, it's not a thing that comes through the rational mind. It's just like a thing that pops in and you're like, where in the world did that come from? And so I think because this is the quietest of all the authorities, it is so important for these people to create space for themselves to hear it. So whether that's in nature, whether it's through meditation, like I would say in the case of this person, like really spending time alone because like- She's a projector. She's a projector. So like making sure she's not like with her partner and like taking on their emotional wave and getting like amped up on that and letting that determine their decision. So it's just like really getting clear on like what their intuition is telling them. What's tricky is the intuition can change, you know, but I think that if she's getting this like intuitive knowing that it's time to go, then the work is honestly to be spontaneous and do it. Like, for example, I'm emotional, which means like I'm not meant to be impulsive about anything. And like, especially not on the higher, the low of my emotional wave, whereas like she's actually meant to be spontaneous. I really want to talk about distractions. This part made me feel like eerily seen. You wrote down, you have a tendency to experience incompleteness or a sense that something is missing. So you take it personally, blame yourself and try to overcompensate in areas you are feeling lacking. And these were my distractions. And I'm going to read these off because I really do think this is genuinely interesting. And just so you know where they come from, these are the open centers. Okay. These are the, oh, these are the open. Great. Overcompensation, overzealous, which we already talked about, dealing with pressure, too much of a hurry, emotional awareness, touchiness, nervousness, lack of flexibility. These all made me feel extremely seen. And what I love about your work, and I think what we could really highlight here um, is that you put in tools. You don't just talk about in human design, like these areas that might happen. You really give tools and you really are a coach and a guide. You're not just Mm -hmm. a human design reader. Not that there's anything um, wrong with that. That could be useful too. But so what are some ways to 
being more flexible and being more, I'm assuming rest and spending time alone, but any more tools to, to consider for all them, for the distractions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To stay on track. Okay. So the open centers are such an important piece of your design because it basically is the area in which you are the most sensitive and vulnerable to taking in other people's energy. And so those are the areas where you're here to be really wise, but also the areas where you can really get the most taken off track. And you never want to make decisions from those areas. So I'm going to just go through them all briefly for you. Just so they have context. So the first one for you is your open ego center, which is the overcompensating, the overcommitting, basically this like vacillating sense of self-worth. And there can be a tendency to just like try to prove your worth and prove that you can do all the things. Yes. The biggest, this is true for me too. And like the biggest lesson for me in this one is that like, I'm not here to prove a thing. And like, if you're ever doing something out of a desire to prove yourself, it is just not going to be the right thing. And like for you, you're actually not designed to make super like committed promises to things. It's like allowing more flexibility because your willpower vacillates. Like you might have the willpower to do something and then it disappears. So being like, I will get this done, but like, you know, give me a couple days. Like, I'm not going to like promise I'll do it by tonight. Make sense? Yeah. Another open center for you is your open emotional center, which we talked about, which is like, a tendency to kind of just take on emotions that aren't yours, like get emotionally overwhelmed and kind of jump into things too quickly or avoid confrontation. And so the wisdom for you is really just like discerning between what's yours and what's not and removing yourself when you're feeling all the stuff that's not yours so you can kind of return to your neutrality. Your natural state is to kind of be like healthily just like calm and cool and collected and knowing that you're meant to lead and seek from that place, not from this like overwhelmed, hot and touchy place. Yeah. Yeah. That's so useful. Good. And then the open sacral I mentioned, but again, just like the biggest work for you is remembering that like your worth is not tied up in how hard you work or how much you do. It's like in the way that you see the world and in your perspective. And so like, it's never about working harder. It's just about working more efficiently. Like the joke, but reality for projectors is there's meant to be like three hours of work a day. And it's basically three hours of output of like really like engaging with people and doing your thing, but like spending the rest of your time, like really cultivating your craft and whatever you like love to do. Yeah. The next open center for you is your open root center. And this one is basically a tendency to always be in a hurry and always being in a rush and basically feeling like under pressure to get things done. And there's a feeling that like, once I get this thing done, I'll be free from the pressure, but the pressure never disappears. Right, and yes. so like your goal cannot be like, how do I get rid of the pressure? But it's more about how can I discern between what's worth coming from and what's not? Because if I apply that sense of urgency to everything that I'm working on, I will burn out my adrenals like crazy and so just like hurrying for the things that are worth hurrying for but like slowing down and, and delegating and and kind of having some discernment there and then yeah yeah like, <laughs> just like funny like I can just only laugh because it's like you're reading me like a book but like it's just so good to keep these ones in mind because like even my partner knows mine so just like you know when when they show up he's like what are you doing I'm like oh shoot you know because like yeah. the goal is to really live in the wisdom of these and not the shadow and the last open center for you is your open spleen and this one is basically a tendency to hold on to things for too long old relationships old jobs old apartment i know you've done that uh, just because they feel safe and known and yeah. secure and there can be a tendency to or just a fear of stepping into the unknown the uncertain the insecure and so just kind of like your wisdom here is to be really adaptable and i think the tool here is just to reflect are there any things in your life that you're holding on to just because they feel safe and known and secure? Mm -hmm. And knowing that, like, that's, again, not designed to be the motivation. Like, it's, like, you're designed to hold on to it because, like, you feel recognized, appreciated, it still feels good to you, not because, like, it just feels known. Mm -hmm. Man, these are so good. I'm so happy I am recording this conversation. Yeah. So does this mean, since I have, so for, for people listening and for you guys, because you can't see it, all of the bottom ones, the shapes are open for me, so... Does that mean what we're talking about right now, these open centers, does that mean that if I had only one open, I would be vulnerable in only one spot? Yeah. Okay. So there are some people who... Like I have, have two open. Okay. So I have a lot. I'm very... 
And it's, and like, and you definitely, you have five centers open. I think that like, it's not uncommon. Like, you know, I work with projectors that have seven centers open, mm-hmm. you know, so, but you definitely do have a lot open. And like, I think when you only have one or two centers open, it's often just like amplified in that area. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you're like less sensitive, but it's more just like the areas that you're open are really going to be impactful open. for you. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. And then it really leads to the other thing I wanted to talk about, which is success and yeah. bitterness. Can you can you talk about that? And then I can definitely give a story as an example. But I think that is another equally to decision making. And now now I can't say decision making is my favorite thing from human design because I really have gotten <laughs> so much richness from it. But I think this really brings it all together. Yeah, and it's, it can feel so simple, but it's just like, it's so useful. And so basically every type in human design will have different signatures that reveal whether they're on or off track. And so for projectors, a sense of being on track is a feeling of success, which often shows up as like recognition, appreciation, being invited into things. Yeah. Whereas being off track is bitter, not feeling recognized, not feeling appreciated, not being invited in. Just for context, generators and manifesting generators are frustration and satisfaction, manifestors, peace and anger, and then reflectors, surprise and disappointment. And so like, it's really just about reflecting like on the most macro level, like where do you feel the most successful? Where do you feel the most bitter? And then how do those feelings show up in smaller ways throughout the day? And they're often just like a sign, like something like course correct is needed. You know, I think when I'm feeling bitter, it's often like, okay, this thing is no longer the right thing for me. Or like, I need to have a conversation and see if the recognition is still there. But it's been just such a powerful guidepost for me in terms of like knowing where to invest my energy and where not to. And also like when the time is done with something, because like invitations come with an expiration date. Mm Yeah, I know you've given me some good examples of that in, in your life. I think what's, what's interesting is, like, I will have feeling, and this came up somewhere in my blueprint. You almost wrote this out as if I was saying it to my therapist, which is this sense of I will have days. I wonder if anyone can relate to this or if you can relate to this, but where I feel, and I think we all have, you know, there's light and dark. We all have good days and bad days. Contrast is part of being human. But I will say it feels extreme for me in the sense of I have days where I feel like I am manifesting and magnetic and things are coming to me with ease and I'm very much living my design. Um, And then there are days that feel quite the opposite, where I feel like I'm running up into a brick wall and opportunities are falling away and I just... Mm-hmm. It, it feel I'm in the bitterness. I totally mm-hmm. am in the bitterness. And you you put some really, really great questions into helping you to see if you're off track or on track. And I'm sure they're great for the mm-hmm. manifestors and the um the other ones where it's yeah. different as well. But to have you look at when you're do on those magical days what you're doing and use that as a case study. Exactly. And then look at it on the other day and I I did that exercise and it's when I'm over giving, it's when I'm overwhelmed, it's when I'm overspending, doing too much, saying yes to too much. That's when I feel Mm -hmm. that low level energy. And when I am not really doing anything, you know, is when I feel feel success. (laughs) Totally. And that's like such a projector thing too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like when I'm like, you know, yesterday I was like exhausted and it was great, but I like, you know, I was booked up all day and today I've like had so much more flexibility. I'm like, Ooh, I feel amazing. You know? And so yeah. I just think that like, it's, it's so helpful to have those questions because like, it's really just like when those things come up, success or bitterness, you're like, are you really living in alignment with your design? Like, are you waiting for the invitation? Are you like available for recognition? Like, are you talking things out, you know, or are you like doing too much and in a hurry and trying to prove yourself and like holding on to something for too long, you know? Yeah. And so it just can be such a, powerful to look at 
Yes, it really, really is. And then speaking of manifesting, does that have to do with that? And what is the, I know there's one thing, Mm -hmm. um, specific or non-specific. How do you, how do people tell that? That was a question we got like four times in the Facebook group. (laughs) Um, everyone wants to know about that, how they tell that. And yeah. So one thing I'll just add is that like the specific non-specific is like a new thing that's shown up. Like this is not something that raw. Really? So someone just made this up? Someone just made it up. Um, Really? Yeah. So That is fascinating. Yeah. So and I I don't think it's incorrect, you know, but I think that like there's, so I know that there's so much talk about it. It basically is around. So if you look at the arrows, if you look up, so if you want to look up your human design, there's a lot of sites online, but you can go to erinclairjones.com slash look up. And there are going to be four arrows around like the head part of your body graph facing left or right. These are basically around kind of how you're designed to digest information and digest life. The one that speaks to manifestation, also known as like our perspective, is the bottom right arrow. And so when it's facing left, it's you're known as a specific manifestor. When it's facing right, you're non-specific. So basically, when you think about just like how you're designed to kind of bring things to life, specific is like you're meant to like be really strategic and detailed about like what you want to do and what you want to create. doesn't mean you're going to like stay in a rigid way to it. You're going to like then let it go. But it's like, I want like for you, like envisioning 2020, like I want my podcast to look like this. I want to have like this many people that I'm working with, whatever it is. Whereas if it's facing right and you're non-specific, which is what I am, it's far more broad. And like, I remember I worked with coaches in the past. I'm like, so where do you want to be in six months? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, I want to feel this way. And so I think for me, it's like, I want to feel this. And it's like, I want to level up in this way or whatever. And just like letting it emerge. So right is a little bit more just like passive and broad. Whereas like the specific is kind of more strategic and focused on really getting into the details. What do all the other arrows mean? So the first, the top left arrow is all around how you're designed to kind of digest food and life. And so for you, like yours is around, is more consistent. So it's good to like have consistency in your meals Whereas mine is right. And it's very inconsistent. And the one below it is all around environment. So for you, it's like mine is left, yours is right. Actually, our, all of ours are opposite. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and so for you, it's actually really good to have like fluidity in your environment and like kind of moving on lots of different environments. Whereas mine can be like a little more fixed and consistent. And then the top right arrow is really just like around our mind and like how we look at things. And so you're designing kind of be very strategic and focused and like, whereas like I'm like more like passive and peripheral where I'm like always taking in information. I often don't know what I know until someone asks me and like just kind of trusting like I'll start a bajillion books, maybe won't finish them all, you know? Um, so there's just like different and there, and there's so many different layers to it, but, but they can be helpful. That's really interesting. I'm glad we brought it up in that ours are opposite because I have this tendency where every time we're talking about human design, because we both happen to be projectors, yeah. every time you say anything like, are you that way too? I just assume you are. Do you notice that? Yeah, yeah. And you're usually you're not. Yeah, like we yeah. have projector in common, but most of our other stuff isn't, um, which is just funny, but. So I, now I'm so fascinated by, so someone just decided that that's what those arrows mean? No, all or? those arrows have meanings. I okay. think that sometimes there was like a language of specific, non-specific assigned, okay. but like, it's not, it, it definitely does capture the like strategic kind of more myopic way of looking at things versus more just like, I'm going to take it all in and see what happens. Got it. But you feel aligned with that. I do. I think it really resonates with people. It definitely resonates with me. And I think that, like, what I love about what's happening with human design now is that, like, there's been so many, like, locks and chains around the system and, like, this very kind of rigid language. And I feel like people are just, like, taking it on their own now. And, like, some stuff is totally not accurate, but a lot of it is. And I just think that, like, human design needs to be translated in a more accessible and practical and grounded way. And I'm so grateful people are doing it, you know? And I just think that, like, 
I would definitely encourage people to make sure they're just seeking out people that they really like align with and resonate with because I can't tell you, like I received a message today where someone's like, I read about my incarnation on cross, incarnation cross online. And it was like, so just empowering. And like, I just would say like, what if I read to be super empowering? If you ever read anything that feels limited or rigid in any way that like doesn't allow to fully step into you, then like ignore that. You know, I don't even look at this stuff online because it's a little bit many up there, you know? So I would just like, you really just make sure you're going through it. It's like yeah. incredible. Resources. That happened to me, honestly. That's like my first window into human design was somewhat negative. So I think that's, um, and it, it shows that it can change too. Of course. Come back to it. Do you see yourself now doing things like that where you make human design something like specific non-specific for a specific area? Or do you see now patterns that since you've worked with a plethora of people that you could start to kind of re, not rewrite his work, but add to it and add, make a contribution to the industry in some way? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think I, I'm just going to see how it organically unfolds. I think like the first few years studying it, I like felt like I really had to stick to the book. I feel like now I, I don't have to. And like, I really just think because of like what's resonating with people and how to express it in a way that really makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to keep evolving and keep unfolding. And I'm excited to like, I think I'm excited to like evolve it further and see where yeah. it goes. You know, and also even the work within companies is so new with human design. There are like literally no case studies. And so, and like the teams that I work with have been amazing, but like I'm excited to see kind of like that just to kind of fold as well. Yeah, that's really cool. I want to open it up to people in the room, but maybe we can do these last two yeah. as somewhat quick fire because I want to make sure we go over um, a few of these things I definitely wanted us to touch on. And this leads well into a question we got several times this time, and I, I'm curious yeah. um, to know, to hear from you what, why you think this is. We didn't get this question last time at all, and it came up a bunch of times now, which is what is the best way to learn how to do human design readings and begin doing readings for people? Yeah, I've definitely received that question a bajillion times. You know, I honestly think everyone's going to have to pursue their own path. I feel like so many people out there are like self-studying and going by the books. And so like, I definitely like encourage that if that feels good to you, but also like just take your time with it. I feel like sometimes people like jump out of the gate, you know, and to just make sure you're fully integrating and embodying it in your own life. Um, I went through... I studied independently with a teacher for a year and a half, and then I went through two different certifications, and that felt right to me. So there are, I, I don't say that I, I don't think there are any certification programs out there that I can fully stand behind. I think that, like, I went through them just because it felt like an important investment, but I also don't think it was the best, like, learning. So I would go with your authority. I would see where it's taking you. I would see what teachers you feel drawn to. I think that there are probably going to be more and more programs out there. Yeah. Do you see yourself making one, maybe? I know. Uh, no, I mean, I definitely had a lot of people ask. I think that, yes, at some point, I think that Thank like, <laughs> probably four fifty. but I think that like, I, it's interesting. I think that like my focus right now is making human design as accessible as possible. And then once I like kind of have all those offerings dialed in, then it's like, how can I support more people in doing it? But like, rather than first starting with the readers, I'm just like, how can we just make this practical for people? So that's really my priority right now. Um, and then we'll see how the training emerges. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We got a very specific question. I know that a lot of human design and maybe astrology as well is based off of you need your birth time, obviously, and you, um, but when the prefrontal cortex was being yeah. created. And so she was wondering, does her birth time, because she was premature, affect what energy type she is because she's not resonating with her the energy one. type. So should she like go back three months? What's your thought on that? So interesting. So it really is the time that you were born. Okay. That you like came out into the world. 
there are going to be elements of your design that are more unconscious than conscious. And so like, it would be interesting to talk with her through that to kind of see what she might be more conscious of and what's, what's kind of underneath the surface. But it is designed to be like, if your due date is November 11th and you're due, like you're born November 16th, like it's the November 16th time. Okay. So it is kind of exactly the moment you go out into the world. Cool. Yeah. I thought that was a very interesting it question. Is. Yeah. Resistance to flow. I wrote that down after we had coffee one day and I think what I was why I mentioned that was because what I think is most useful about human design is living in accordance to your design feels so good. Right. And I think what we were talking about that day was I was saying, I can feel myself not doing that. And that feels so terrible. If you could just talk about that resistance and pivoting from being living in your design and being out of alignment and pivoting back into alignment. And like, do you go through periods of, of course, yeah, and it's not a thing where you're like, okay, I'm living in my design, like, I'm good for life. Like, right. it's constant learning. Like, the signposts of bitterness and success are always going to be guiding you and all the open centers. So I think that, like, in every session that I have, I'll always start about, like, understanding where in someone's life they're experiencing less resistance. Because, like, I do think that when you're experiencing resistance, it's really helpful to ask yourself questions of, like, am I really living in my design in these areas? And where are my open centers and where are my shadows showing up? And often by like understanding that, like it just helps us kind of move into the weekend to flow. And so I think that like, so yes, I, I still have, of course, moments of resistance that I'm living out of line and it's like, oh, I see exactly what's going on. So it just helps me move back quicker. Yeah. So I think just knowing your design can be such a powerful tool in helping you move from resistance into flow and like whatever aspect of your life is showing up, whether it's family or career or home or anything. Yeah, I love that. When I'm spiraling, mm-hmm. what is something human design wise? Do you have any tools for coming back into alignment? So I think a few things is one, like, again, remember the invitation piece, like you're somebody who's like communication is directly connected to your identity, which basically means that like you can speak with all this power, but also be super vulnerable to criticism. And so just like knowing that about yourself, so it's really about like trusting that you'll be invited in and recognized by the right people at the right time. There's also a very helpful distinction in human design around what we call outer and inner authority. So your mind is designed to be your outer authority. Your mind is designed to offer inspiration for other people, but it's not meant to solve any of your own issues. And so when you get lost in a loop of trying to resolve all your own stuff, like that's not actually how you're meant to make any kind of decision. And so like in a case like that, it would be coming into your inner authority, which is like talking things out and just verbally processing and trusting like that's how your truth is meant to emerge. And so like when you're getting lost, you have a very powerful mind in your human design that probably is like always operating. But like if you're using it to try to figure everything out, you're just going to go to spiral, you know? And so like for me, when I go to spiral, I'm like, okay, like I know that my mind is here to be inspiration for other people, but not here to resolve all my own stuff. So in practical terms, call a friend, go to therapy for you. Talk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also ask yourself, like if you're in communication with someone else, like, are you really kind of being invited in? Um, and I think, can I look at the sentence? Just so I remember where it comes from. Okay. So yeah. And that's also around that, that's based on your profile, which is like, because community and network is so important to you and building close relationships. It is really about having like real clear, just like bargains and connections with people. Like I'm giving you this, I'm receiving this. And if you feel like someone like doesn't hold up their end of the bargain, it can be just like really devastating. And so I think the thing for you is really establishing clear agreements with people of like, I'm giving this, I'm receiving this, and just kind of, like, letting that flow. But again, like, when there's not that reciprocity, it's going to be, like, very challenging, and probably the trust will just disappear. Yes, that's so true. I have a friend that, like, I always text back immediately, and (laughs) it sounds, like, really 
um, pathetic and sad, but like I, I follow up maybe not immediately, but like we are very connected where she will take a long time or, and I've just had to learn that that's how it is because I used to spiral and be like, where is she? Which I'm not like that with anyone else, but for some reason, the way this relationship feels, I get very spirally about it. Totally. Uh, So maybe it's just communicating. This is what I need from you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And making sure you really feel recognized and appreciated and invited into that connection. But yeah, making sure that, that those agreements are very clear. Yeah. It's really interesting and very useful. And then this is speaking of this exact thing we were talking about feeling seen and recognized being invited in as a projector and dating. Mm. Um, can you talk about that? Because that, and it's interesting, we're having this conversation today where I feel so sparkly and connected. We're in this really light room. Yeah. And do you remember the first conversation where were we? at the assembly? Yeah. In a very, very dark oh, yes, room in the did. middle of January. Yes, and I had yes. just broken up with my yes, boyfriend. Yes, did, of course. And I was a mess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really like full circle that we're having this conversation and talking about it in this like really light filled room about dating so yeah let's get in get into that a bit yeah so just in general types of dating yeah and and specifically I guess I mean not even just to butter my own bread but like with projectors projectors because of the not being able to um like waiting for the invitation I feel like it seems a bit more complicated but yes all types yeah I think so for projectors like I know that I was like really not great at dating in terms of like initiating Right. anything but I think with projectors like you're definitely meant to feel like if you're in a relationship I'd really ask yourself like do you feel truly recognized and invited into that relationship because like you could be in a relationship and not feel recognized or invited in you know but I think that like it doesn't always have to be a formal invitation but I would just say like with the people that you're dating and exploring there's a real energetic invitation where you feel like really seen and invited in and like able to kind of be yourself in the dynamic I think for you it's so much around community so like I don't know if you've done apps but that's probably not going to be the best venue for you it's just going to be like being with your friends and your people and just like letting the connections happen more organically. So our profile can speak a little bit more to like how we're actually designed to meet people. Um, But for you and like for you having like a real friendship with someone before actually dating them would be really healthy. And so that was the case with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was friends with my partner for four years, best friends before we ever started dating. Um, But I think that, but yeah, so I think as a projector, it really is, again, you, your work is to make yourself available and visible. So don't hide, don't shirk, like let yourself people, let people know that like you're there and you're available, but like wait for the people to kind of find you and invite you in. Yeah. Make sense? Yes, it does. What about um, other types things people can notice? So I think for generators and manifesting generators, like depend, their authority is going to change, but it's all about their gut response. So they need to wait for a gut response to something, but they don't need to wait to be invited in. So like say they're at a party and they see someone and get like in a gut response to them like they can go initiate that thing like go follow that crown like who knows where it's going to take you or what's going to happen but like it just got to feel right in your body and like not a thing that you can rationalize or make sense of you're just like this just feels right you know and I think also the other thing is like I would say in the context of relationships it's going to be so important for you to really create space to like do what you love and what you really enjoy because like when you do that you're creating energy for all of us and it becomes so sparkly and fun so like if you're in a relationship and get pulled into someone else's flow and you're really not honoring your flow it's going to be super challenging like I can see that with my partner sometimes and I'm like oh shoot like go do your thing I'll see you tonight you know like but like just like honoring that in each other you know and like really doing it and knowing that that's how you're going to really be of most service to the world and and your partner makes sense I'm looking at our generators in the room. Um, then I think for manifestors, it really is about initiating and making the first move, which I know can be a little bit challenging. I feel like so many manifestors I work with don't feel the permission to be as powerful as they are. 
And so like, I, because you initiate does not mean that you're not going to experience rejection. But the idea is that like, you're really designed to just like be so unapologetic in your power. And by doing so, you're going to like really inspire and attract the right people. And like also probably trigger other people. So just kind of like owning that rather than trying to like ask for permission or please people are kind of like hold back and wait for things to come to you. So I would just encourage you to kind of like step up. And when you really feel that urge to initiate, trusting it. Makes sense? Yeah. And then I think for reflectors, like, again, they really need that invitation in, but like reflectors are so sensitive to their physical space. So like one of the best things they can do is actually just choose to be in spaces that feel good to them because that will make themselves available to the right people and opportunities to show up. So that's like right office, right city, right home, right coffee shop, like right restaurant. Like if they go on a date in a space that doesn't feel good, it's going to be really hard for that date to go well. So they should always choose the physical place. And I think a reflector in general, like they don't want to be with anyone that like is hurting them or pressuring them in any way. Like they really need to take their time with it. That makes a lot of sense too. Oh, the last few pages of the blueprint are called daily ritual. And yeah. you give some really great journaling prompts, which obviously yeah. you love. it's home for me. <laughs> um, but it got me thinking, I, I would love you to talk about those pages and those questions yeah. a little bit, how, how you use them in your life and what are mm. maybe some daily rituals that that you do right now. Mm-hmm. So the point of the question at the end of the blueprint, they speak to like your type and your authority and your signposts and all your open centers. And they're basically just things to like revisit when things are on or off track to give them make sure you're living in alignment with your design. Because I think with human design, because there's so much information, I feel like often people hear all the information and then they're like, now what? You know what I mean? But like, it's so meant to be integrated into your life. So like, I am not like, I don't journal every day based on them, but like, those are literally questions always in my mind, you know? So like when exactly like we said, like when I have moments of bitterness or like there's just resistance in an area of my life or something's not really flowing, I'm like sitting back and I'm like, how are my open centers showing up in this? Am I really invited in? Am I like making myself available for recognition? So like, it's just a constant filter for me in terms of like really understanding what's working for me and what's not. And also when I feel good and when I don't, you know? And so I think that like those questions are just like, and again, my partner knowing them is so helpful because there are some things that I'm unaware of. And then like, he's just calls me out so clearly on them. Yeah. You're yeah. very, very talented with those questions because they really do feel like a peek inside of a dusty corner of my mind yeah. that I haven't explored or don't mm-hmm. want to explore, Yeah, but um, need to, of course, will be really useful if I do. Of course. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. And again, like I wouldn't force your force you to like explore those things before you're ready mm-hmm. it's like exactly like you said you read it again like this week and you're like yeah. oh new pieces yes. so like the blueprint is meant to just be a resource you can keep returning to and that's why i think it's great that you have access to it i think it would be very incorrect not that you were ever going to do this if it was something that people only had access to for a certain amount of time yeah because it really is a slow it's so robust which i totally. appreciate yeah and i i don't i don't want it to be any smaller but i remember getting it and being like cool 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 this is a lot of information. I had to keep returning to totally. it. And only it, oh, it's been over a year, Erin, since you made it for yeah. me, and I've returned to it several times. And I've had totally. even more kismet things happen with it, which I told you totally. about. But even more recently, like there's just more layers of the onion because you change. Having that resource that I've been able to return to has been really incredibly useful for me. Totally. And I was so we're at the beautiful well right now. And when I walked in upstairs, I ran into a woman that I did a session for probably a year and a half ago and gave her a blueprint then. And like, she was so funny cause she, I saw her last week and she was like, I just pulled up my blueprint. Like she read it a year, year and a half later. And she was like, everything is like resonating in such a different way. Yeah. And she just like keeps going back to it now. And I just feel like, again, we can't force when we're like ready for these things or when they're going to resonate. And I just think there's like something about being able to keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. 
Um, do you guys have questions? Great. <laughs> this has been wild. Like, I feel like I'm resonating with your chart. Like, I'm just like, keep going. Keep, yeah, it's really. I feel like it is good to, I was like, is it bad to be specific? But I think we yeah. learned. But it, yeah, but I mean, like, I'm like, like, feel like I'm in your body just going like this, wow. this information feels so right. And it's really awesome. And I, Erin, I'm so grateful. Like, this is just so great. So, um, I've only scratched the surface of human design and I've found how much more magnetic I've become, even by just not acting from my self um, theme of frustration, yeah. my not self theme, um, you know, in, in personal, in business, you know, standing back and just observing rather than like really like engaging in sort of like a fight back mm-hmm. has changed my whole life, like mm-hmm. in the past month. So something on a bigger scale that I've, I've been having a lot of conversations with people recently is which I'm sure we can all feel with the well. It's like this universal energy that's shifting. It's this awareness. It's openness, right? Moving from the masculine to the to the feminine. And I'm having a lot of conversations with particularly females recently, where they might be in corporate structures, but they've just left. Like they're like, I'm sick of dealing with this long-standing tradition of hierarchy. You know, not feeling seen, not feeling heard. And I'm like, this is so amazing. And like for me, I'm like, do your human design. Like you know, go to astrology. Go and and, and start to integrate an alternative like healing practices and all this stuff. And, you know, step into your power. Like, And I feel like, for me, I wish that I could sort of like, particularly in the corporate world, and I'm so grateful that I didn't get like have the opportunity to go in there. I did for a few months and it didn't work out for my personality type. But to have, like, imagine if we had human, like everyone was in the corporate world with their human design strapped to them, right? And you could see and then like act and engage and communicate with people based on what you're seeing from their human design, which allows you not only see yourself, but see the other person that's in front of you. So I'd love to know like how, cause this is the beginning. It's the inception of human design, which for me is just like so exciting. And I'm really excited to mm-hmm. d- dive deeper and learn more about my own, but the evolution of human design, definitely you need to create something because this world needs you. Like yeah. your energy is just so expansive oh and so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that we're here, but where do you see the evolution of human design is going could be, and what would you love to see, you know, in this world? Erin is your girl for this because I know what's interesting about Erin is I think this can be such an esoteric concept and she's so grounded and good at talking about this I looked at her when you were speaking because particularly going into companies and talking to co-founders we talked about that a lot on my first episode with her so I'm like so excited to see what you say because I think that's very rare and talking about something so esoteric and why I think the people in this room and why me in particular resonate with the way she specifically explains human design. And also, you know, I know you asked earlier about like why people are interested now. Like, I think that there's like, you can look at the evolution of the human design chart too. Like there's like a opening of our like emotional and spiritual awareness that just hasn't been present before. Mm -hmm. So there's just, and you can feel it, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, sometimes I'm just like, I, I don't know, but you can just feel it. I just think it's like a little bit less, tactical it's just like more of a thing that you experience I think that like okay so I love all of what you said um I think and honestly my dream is exactly what you're saying is that like it's a common language that we all share like I love working within the context of teams because basically like you start to just like let people be in their lane and let them be exactly who they are like if you have a projector you're gonna like hone them to be like a manager or a guide you know like generator making sure they're doing what they're deeply lit up by you know handing out the rest like knowing that's what's like going to be most powerful. So I think working within teams and having that just be a foundation for like how to really work together. There are so many deeper layers of like 
I work with teams that like help them engineer teams based on human design. So you can like basically engineer fully functional yeah. teams by making sure that every piece is covered, which is crazy. That's cool. just oh, yeah, what is, that is what is, that's what's needed. Yeah. Exactly. And you use it in hiring because you can see someone and be like, I see you and like you're amazing autonomously, but like the energy within this team is not going to last. And you can see who's going to last and who's not to, who's not going to. And like, again, like in your blueprint, you can see whether you're designing working small teams, large teams, but like if we're equipped with this information early on, it's so empowering. We save so much time and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, figuring out all the things that don't work. But the other piece I'd share is that Ra, the founder of Human Design, would always say that human design is for the children. Because while it is so powerful for us to discover it at any point in our lives, like when you really parent according to human design and like basically are giving people the tools to be themselves from day one and not have to do so much deconditioning yeah. to get back to it, it's so mm-hmm. powerful. So like, you know, when someone's born to like have their human design mm-hmm. and be like, okay, these are like tools for projector, manifestor, manifesting mm-hmm. generator. I think that like, it would just allow us to be ourselves and be unique. And like human design is called the science of differentiation because it basically allows us to be incredibly unique and different from one another. And in doing so, connect us deeper to each other. Mm-hmm. But I think when we try to be homogenous and similar and the same and try to keep up, that's where we really get the most taken off track. Yeah, thank you. Yes. You're going to yes. just keep expanding yeah. here. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, I completely agree. I when we were, I asked this question because I agree about going into companies and Aaron, Aaron has that, has done that and has that dream and goal and comes from the startup world. You didn't get to hear her story today, but go back and listen to my episode with her because she, or any plethora where she explains more of her story, but I, I love ours, even though it was on a weird day. It was still, she's really good shine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it might be the best for those to do it. I asked this question because I, was in this mindset of, I was actually dating someone who's so logical. So like someone who could have worked in like a company did it, but could have in that setting. And I was like, how to a skeptic, we talk a lot about how to talk about this to a skeptic. And, and I think the corporate world as a whole could kind of be that skeptic. And you gave some really interesting advice of saying that there is a level of belief that you have to, and I'm kind of using your words, but there's a level of belief that you need because of there being like, if this is related to your birth time and your astrology chart but just owning that can you elaborate on that yeah I think that like and it's been interesting so my business partner and boyfriend is like a huge skeptic you know and I actually think that he's actually such a necessary part of the business because I think it was just me and I can like be as airy and fair as I like and like be super esoteric and I think that he's really grounded me because like it's really helped me understand that human is and why I was actually drawn to human design is that it felt so practical and so grounded and so tactical Mm -hmm. in a way that so many systems at its board weren't and I saw the potential to bring it into companies because like for some reason it really appeals to the skeptics there's something like so specific about it and like logical that they're like mm-hmm. oh my god the chart looks really logical it does I, I would not resonate with it I was like oh this doesn't Same. look like me no, I, I want to make like a I more, more feminine version of the chart yeah <laughs> but what she's saying in case you can't hear is just the chart feels like super like logical and complicated and like just overwhelming and like there's something that's really intriguing you're like oh it's actually coming from something mm-hmm. so I think that in terms of how I communicate it, it's just like one reminding people that it's not a belief system like I'm not trying to convince them of anything which often like makes mm-hmm. them relax and two telling them that, like resonate with the pieces that work like let go of the rest take like what feels right at the moment because exactly like you said we're only going to like really consume and take in what we're ready for and what we want but I do think working with skeptics is so fun because I think it's speaking on such a practical level that even though it comes from the stars in a lot of ways it's like really about how we're designed to make decisions and work within teams and cultivate relationships and so it it resonates on a cellular level in a way that like I didn't always expect but I see in people where they're just like oh yeah duh, that's me. Mm-hmm. and so they end up like stop caring where it comes from mm-hmm. 
What about it working with other systems like a Enneagram or other types of, yeah. Do you think it can connect with those sorts of systems? Yeah. I haven't done any like things where it's like, these are the overlaps, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I did a retreat where I hosted up the woman with numerology and also Enneagram. And like, it was so fun because like everything supported one another, same with astrology, you know, but I think that like, they're all really different systems and I think they give us different pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. But, like, I haven't seen any correlation where it's like, okay, you're a Taurus son and you're a generator, you know, um, at all. But I think that, like, they do often just, like, shed different layers and nuances. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen them, like, contradict or be unsupportive in any way. Cool. Do you have any more questions? Can I make my appointment? <laughs> <laughs> Alice introduced me so, to, um, so I don't really know enough yet. Yeah, ask the question. Great, great. My, that was my secret goal of like I just want to sell blueprints. <laughs> I feel like I want to sell blueprints for you. It's so I, mean, I had no idea that was her goal. She walked in. She's like, I have all the excess in my blueprint. I was like, what? <laughs> I wasn't even going to do that today, but I had time and I wanted to at least like look it over because I knew I was going to yeah. speak to you. But then I was really just like, oh, it's all here. Like yeah. I kind of had no questions for you, but I wanted to highlight some of it because I think like you said it is there is something about hearing someone else talk about their type with you I actually got reinvigorated into this conversation because our mutual friend a really close friend of mine had Aaron on her podcast huge skeptic really big skeptic yeah don't you think that she's skeptic? Like she knew yeah. nothing about human design. Well, I just love that one point in the podcast. She was like, I wanted to really not like this. I know. <laughs> she's like, but everything you're saying is so true. What am I supposed to do? And, I, and that's often the response I get from skeptics, you know, and I just like, it was so sweet. She was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's, she's great. And she's just someone who um, is just I, oh, a person I love so much. She's done the my podcast multiple times and when I saw you two were together, I was like, oh my God, how is this going to go? Because I know her and I know you. And I just, I had a feeling you guys would like each other, yeah. but I kind of was like, go either way. Totally. 100%. <laughs> and I think that like it is, I was telling her about a podcast that's coming out tomorrow that it was like, people uh-huh. are like, have no idea what I'm talking about. I like got on, they're like, what is human design? Like, what? it was just like so fun. Mm-hmm. So I think sharing with those people is actually like so cool because yeah. I just think that there's like a level of human design and language that just resonates with people. I feel like I'm kind of an ambassador of you, a mutual friend of Bethany and I's who actually went to high school with. Yeah. I was at lunch with her and we had both had like breakups and I was like, what's your human design? She's like, I don't know what that is. Like, do you want to know my astrology? And I was like, not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this just makes me feel more articulated than that system, which is beautiful and so many people love. Um, and so I was like, I really need to know your human design. Not that I can read it or anything, but I knew she was a projector. Like I just had a couple things that I knew. And then she was just in because she was, I, I believe like breakups wow. or hard things can really open us up. And she totally. was just into everything. And she booked a session with you oh and God. you did a session with her. Oh really? Yeah. What's her name? Elizabeth Indris. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. You, cool. We'll talk. But I'm going to look anyway, yeah. she and I are from the same hometown. And so what? then we, this is actually a question I have for you, I guess. And so we have a very similar chart. Yeah. And so we were wondering oh, because if we're in from the same, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The location is actually more about the time zone than it is the specific city or the specific uh, place. Okay. Yeah, which I actually didn't know when I first started studying. Because yeah. I was like, I don't know if that makes sense of why we're so similar. Because... <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, I'm from Seattle. It's like all projectors from Seattle. Right. That's what, that's what she thought. That's what she thought. She was like, we thought that, that it was That would not maybe... be a very productive city if we were just projectors <laughs> I know. in Seattle. Um, the question is, Emily's asking, like, she said she's surrounded by projectors all the time. Is that normal? Like, 
I think it's both. I think that we're often like, I have so many projectors in my life. I historically have mostly dated projectors. Like I think we're really drawn to similar types because there's a level of resonance and understanding, but I also think we're really attracted to different. So I have projectors that are like, I'm only around manifesting generators, you know, but I think it is like, we tend to find each other. And like so many of my clients are projectors, you know, and one of the things I was going to say just about what you said about knowing that she was a projector is that like, you can really start to sense people's energy types. And like my partner guesses all the time and he's like, correct. 99% of the time. Mm. He's like, she's a manifester. He has an open throat. Like he just is like all the time. And it's just like, you can really feel it. That's so interesting. Which is so wild. Yeah. And I've also been noticing a lot of people will hear your, the conversation. I think that part of this is just, you're very alluring and, and very interesting and people maybe see themselves in you, but a lot of projectors are, I don't have this. I'm very interested in human design. I have no desire to do what you do or read it. But a lot of projectors that I'm finding are like, I want to now become a reader. And I almost, when we ask that question, but I almost, this is just my opinion of it. I don't feel like it's for everyone to be readers. Like I think that, or every projector, I can see how it can be very correct for projectors and some human design readers that I love all happen to be projectors. But yeah, is there anything you can share about that of like how to know if that's actually correct for you? And then also like, I think it would probably be really valuable for people outside of projectors to also be 100%. readers. So I think always like run it. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think definitely like run it through your authority to know whether or not it's right for you. I think that like projectors in general totally love, like they love systems and they're here to master systems and yeah. like master things. So like it's a very like, it makes a lot of sense. And also for projectors to like really understand human design they kind of have to go deeply into it so it's like very natural that a lot of projectors start by studying it doesn't mean they'll all be readers but they've kind of got to like really understand all the levels um i think it's really good for all the different types to be readers like so many um that i know are also projectors but like having manifesting generator having manifestors like having reflectors like they just offer such different perspectives you know and they're going to do it really differently Mm -hmm. and so i think that's so valuable and so like i definitely um, I definitely have people reach out. They're like, can I be a reader? I'm not a projector. Like, yeah, mm, of course, yeah. you know? So I just think that like, if you write up your authority and it really feels correct, do it, you know? And I also manifesting generators or into a perspective and they're on to the next thing and that's yeah. okay too. So like only do it as long as it feels exciting to you. Yeah. But I think that's really useful information because I think some very famous um, human design readers happen to be projectors. Maybe not happen to be projectors, but famous. <laughs> well, to, to me, famous and my world famous in the yeah. human design world yeah yeah so the question is um she's heard manifestors are rare what is the percentage so manifesting generators and generators make up the majority it's about 70 percent of the population lots of different percentages out there i don't exactly know how we have the numbers but it really is like 33 37 i mean it's pretty even between the two projectors about 20 percent manifestors about eight to nine and reflectors are one yeah why do you think that is like the those numbers. Those I think sometimes they change. Like it is interesting. A lot of my friends have children and like all their children are manifesting. So like, what is and so I think that they like come differently at different evolutions. Like we don't need as many manifestors because they're here to initiate and get things started and get the ball rolling and be super impactful, but not here to do all the doing. So if you're all manifestors, like it'd be starting a lot, but like not as much would be happening, you know? So like we need their presence, but like the majority are generators and manifesting generators because they provide the generative energy to actually bring the things to life you know, projector, same thing. It's like, there can be such amazing guidance and ideas and perspective, but like, we don't need 70% of them. Like we need like them guiding and kind of supporting the right people. 
Um, and same with reflectors, like they're so wise, they've got such an objective and powerful perspective, but like they're going to mirror back the state of things, but like we only need one for like a group, mm-hmm. you know? So I just think that they like all play different roles, but I do think it's really interesting because they do fluctuate at different times. And I will just like, just anecdotally, like the fact that all of my friends' kids are manifestors, like there's like a, you know, it, it's happening like people and projectors are the newest type. Like we didn't really need as many projectors before, but like they're a new kind of leader. So mm-hmm. they, it is like evolving a little bit differently. Yeah, that's really interesting and goes back to what we were talking about, about companies of like, you can use that, that proportion in a company Mm -hmm. and mirror with the population. Totally. And it was interesting. I like, I probably work with like 2000 people at this point and I like look through all my things to just see like the percentages, you know, because I'm just like, are they real? You know, and they were like pretty spot on. Like, I think that I had a little bit more. I probably had like 25% projectors or 24% projectors just because I am a projector. So that's what I attract. But like, I was so surprised. And my partner was like, let's just see. It's probably so often. I was like, "Mm -hmm." you know. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything about human design, anything you wish you got to talk about more? I think my my recommendation always with human design is like definitely go in the rabbit hole if you feel drawn, but also like remember that the the whole thing is an experiment. Like just because I tell you something like doesn't mean it's true you mm-hmm. know what I mean like it's it's meant to be how you operate best but you're only going to discover that by experimenting with it yourself and mm-hmm. so like I would just encourage you to like really integrate it into your whole life because human design is literally called the experiment for that reason like I didn't start trusting to that I was designed to wait for an invitation until I actually started doing it I was like oh my god everything's happening better now and I feel yeah. so much better so just like I would just encourage you to like really integrate those core pieces and just like start to integrate more with time and time. Yeah, I love that. Well, the name of this podcast is Let It Out. So, so we always end with a deep breath, letting out a deep breath together. Are you guys down to do it yeah. with us? Okay, ready? Inhale. Exhale, let it out. <sighs> Yay. Thank you so much, Erin. You are so wonderful. I'm so <laughs> grateful. And thank you so much, Emily. This is so great. And thank you guys for coming and staying. Thank you guys so much for listening all the way to the end to this episode, especially this week. I know it was not easy with the quality of audio, and it means so much to me that you got to the end. Please send this episode with a disclaimer about the audio (laughs) to a friend who's into human design. Maybe there's someone who's thinking about being a human design reader, just wants to know more, has questions about it. This would be a great episode to send them. And if it's someone new to human design, but you're really into human design, send them my episode with Erin from before, from about a year ago. The link is in the show notes. And I also did an episode with Jenna Zoe on human design as well. And that might be one for getting people in the door. We talk a lot about skepticism and logical people talking to them about something like human design. I really enjoyed this episode, both of those episodes, and I'm really appreciative that you got all the way to the end. So if you're at all curious about human design, like I mentioned, Aaron's Blueprint has been so useful to me, and I genuinely highly recommend working with her. And I think the blueprint is the most cost-effective way. She's seen clients, but very rarely because she books up so quickly. Since she's done my podcast about a year ago, I think that was her first podcast ever, and now she's done a plethora of more podcasts. So doing a blueprint with her is a really good idea, and she's been kind enough to give us here at Let It Out a discount. So for 10% off, use the code LETITOUT and get your blueprint. Let me know what your energy type is. Let me know what you get from it. Let's all share about it in the Facebook group. That's a really great place to connect with other listeners and with me and with Erin. She's in that group as well. So 
Thank you so much for listening. Next week, I'll be back with a fresh episode, one I recorded at a farm in California a couple months ago that I'm so excited for you guys to hear. And again, if you're new here, go into the archive. The audio quality is better. And there's nearly 300 episodes. I can't believe it. Today's episode is brought to you by a company I love called Cured Nutrition. CBD is most commonly incorporated into wellness regimens to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, reduce the body's stress load. I love using Cured Nutrition, especially their snacks. I've never found another CBD company that has snacks that taste delicious and their CBD quality is so great. They have these mushroom plus CBD blends, full spectrum tinctures and treats, like I said, that work with your body's natural system to produce clear benefits without the worry of the psychoactive component. Plus, how many other companies can say that their products are locally sourced and crafted in-house? I genuinely love this company so much. I got to meet the founders when I was in Colorado, and I just genuinely think that having nice people involved in making products really does help. Each Cure Nutrition product is third-party tested for potency, purity, and the absence of any harmful contaminants like pesticides or you know, heavy metals, anything like that. They have complete transparency and they even publish every detail on their website. Again, I love this company. I love using CBD. I have anxiety and a plethora of of mental health things and I love taking CBD. I have been using it for years and this is such a great company. With Cured, I found my daily dose of stress relief and I'm so grateful for them and I would love for you guys to try them out if you want to get 15% off your order, any order that's 15% off, use the code let it out at checkout. Again, they have so many different products, gel caps, full spectrum raw, that they have a mint flavor, they have a classic oil, they have the bedtime blend, they have a nootropic blend with mushrooms. That one really helps with focus, which I really like. They even have dog treats and I genuinely love this company. Check them out, 15% off your order with the code let it out. And the emoji for this episode, which you can comment on at let it out on Instagram, which has its own Instagram, follow at let it out. We're doing monthly themes there where the visual content all is around a theme that we discuss in let it out. And this month, January is intimacy. And next month, we'll have a new theme. So follow at Let It Out with three T's on Instagram. And I'm at Katie Delbau and Erin Claire Jones. And comment at us, the relaxed person getting massaged. That's the emoji for this week's episode. Here in Bali, I've been getting quite a few massages, actually. And I hope that this episode felt relaxing to you. Erin and I have been going back and forth over voice text. And we said that Bali, she spent a lot of time here as well. And... Bali is kind of a projector's paradise. I've been really living my design since I've been here and as much as I can, but I've been resting a lot and I've been working in chunks and it's felt good. It's felt correct in Aaron's words. So thank you for listening. I will talk to you guys later. So grateful for you. Love you and talk next week.